0: mr
1: dennis how's it going man thanks for joining oh yeah yeah we tried uh, a couple times third time's always the charm right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know you
1: you're uh super busy so
0: you got introduced to me through nick wood at Graphicsource. source shots out nick thank you appreciate it first few times you said you were just slammed uh at the shop and
1: uh yeah yeah
0: So what's been going on? Is it like a certain customer base that's just been picking up? It's just normal year end stuff?
1: Uh, No. So I mean, our model is kind of direct to consumer, right? Um, So 80% of our sales, uh, you know, come from online orders. Um, You -hmm. know, they'll go on our website, you know, go into the design studio, upload their logo, you know, et cetera, cetera, Right. And so, um, you know, that's all based off of uh, Facebook advertising. And so, you know, our volume and our, you know, how busy we are kind of depends on, you know, simply how much we're spending per day. Okay.
0: All right. So this is, this is actually really interesting. So I've got notes here that say five boys apparel, you're in Madison, Alabama, four autos, two shifts, cranking out work. You just added in another layer though, which is, uh, uh, Facebook ads driven. Correct. So So, so how does this all work? And like, where did this start? Like, were you historically all Facebook ads driven?
1: No, um, I mean, uh, you know, historically, so kind of the backstory of our business, um, you know, our mom started it in 2008, 2009 time period, right? That's where the name five boys comes from. Got um, it. Shots out um, mama so, does. You know, yeah. Right. And, um, so, you know, it started as an embroidery shop and then she added, um, you know, screen printing around 2011, 2012, uh, you okay. know, just rock man, a manual. Um, and then I joined the company after I graduated college in I think summer of 2017. Um, okay. and then, you know, from there, uh, you know, I tried to grow the business. Obviously I had another, one of my brothers join with me. Um, and then, so we actually got into contract printing. Um, we got into it pretty heavy. Uh, you know, you ever heard of Fresh Prints? Yep. Yeah. We had yep. them on the show. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, You know, probably end of 2018, all of 2019, um, you know, Fresh Prince was probably 85, 90% of our orders, right? Um, And then probably 2020 hit, pandemic, um, you know, they lost a bunch of orders, you know, we lost a bunch of, you know, order from them, et cetera, right? Um, But at the same time, you also had, you know, that PPP, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of, you know, I've always wanted to uh, dive deeper into Facebook ads and so that's kind of where it got it started. Beginning of the pandemic, right? We were a contract shop, lost all of your contracts. And I was kind of like, well, shoot, where, you know, where's that business going to come from moving forward? Right. And so, you know, that's and where we What, we're what really, size you were know,
0: you guys, uh, you know, at that time when everything... Uh,
1: went at went that time, too. we were uh, two shot, uh, two autos, you know, one shift, right? Probably cranking out 10 orders a day, 10, okay. to 15 orders a day. You know, nothing crazy, right? Um, and then and was, we and actually the business, moved... business, 85%? contract or was it uh because yeah, you said yeah. majority of it yeah it was okay, 85 percent yeah, it. It contract yeah mm. uh so you know we had fresh prints and we also work with boxer craft right um so they actually outsource a lot of their orders uh boxer craft does and so um that was let's see 2020 time frame right um again and so you know we kind of with losing fresh prints, we leaned on BoxerCrafts contract work to kind of provide that backbone foundation, right? Um, and then at the same time, we tried to learn and just you know figure out the Facebook ads, right? Um, you know, it's a it's a pretty expensive endeavor, you know, to kind of figure it out. And so because uh, it co- it's one of those things that costs to play, right? And so we probably spent the first year, mm, probably about thirty five thousand, right, on ads. Um, with not really a return, and then probably middle of twenty twenty one is when we really like kind of figured it out and uh, it really started cranking it right and from there we've just been on a uh, you know growth path ever since
0: so uh, this website uh, i'm pulling up one is what is it? is it WordPress is this inksoft
1: no that 's inksoft yeah Yep, yep, yep. Okay, got it. And so, yeah, so that's just I Inksoft, when you go right? To... I mean, that's just an online store essentially on Inksoft. Okay. Um, and you know, we've kind of, you know, formatted it, uh, customized it to be our main website is what we've done. You know, we've tried the integrations, the API integrations with Shopify, um, mm-hmm. things like that. It's just not as clean. Um, it's really when it comes to like adding to cart and that back end stuff with the API, Inksoft, it just isn't um does doesn't really work very well. So, you know, we've just stuck with Inksoft and, um, you know, we've had a lot of success with it.
0: Is the majority of your business Facebook driven? Yeah. Like for sales. Okay.
1: I mean, I would say, you know, like for example, yesterday we spent, you know, about $902 in ads. uh, Okay. Is that like normal
0: $900 a day or so?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a little bit lower, um, than what we typically spend. But, you know, off of that, we had about $21,000 in online sales, right? That the pixel can directly track to, you know, those ads.
0: Yeah, and I'm I mean I'm calculating twenty-seven thousand a month. Is that sound about right? Twenty five, thirty
1: thousand. Uh, I mean it's Facebook closer yet? between thirty and forty.
0: Wow, thirty, forty thousand a month on Facebook ads, driving to an Inksoft site here and they're buying it looks like bundles. Uh so like the the first banner here, if you're listening, it's uh, you know, a hundred soft style shirts. Uh, $3.99 with free shipping. Now, not to... Um, well, I, I've seen this posted on the Facebook groups, right? And, and folks will say, wow, how the heck are they even doing this? You know, um, this this isn't great for the space. Uh, my thoughts are, do whatever the heck you want. You charge whatever you <laughs> want. And, and I've heard from shops that do this, though they also upcharge a lot throughout the checkout process. Um, but... Does this work really well? Like, is that the most popular package?
1: Yeah, I mean, hands down, right? Our hundred for three ninety nine is definitely right where a bulk of our orders come from, um, and so you know, with that, where should I start? On? Kind of my philosophy on it is right. I mean, the only way to scale profitably in this industry is to you've got to eliminate as many variations as you can, right? Okay. I mean, there's so many different variations in a screen printing order from, you know, the shirt, the design, the ink colors. Right. There's everything that's, you know, a different variation. And so, you know, my philosophy is in order to, you know, scale profitably, you have to limit those you know, variations. Right. And so what we've done is we've created packages, you know, that are extremely aggressive price wise. And, you know, we advertise them very aggressively. Uh, but from there, you know, it creates scale. And so that scale is kind of, you know, what creates the profit, why people look at it and they're like, there's no way you're making any money. And it's like, well, you know, if you're doing 15, 30 of these a day, you know, there's margin there for, for profit. Right.
0: Gotcha. So, so somebody goes in obviously on the ink site, then they upload their design.
1: I'm assuming this is, is this like a one color? Yeah. So the, uh, package pricing is for a one to two color print. Right. Um, Mm You know, if they start getting outside of our parameters, uh, then, you know, our pricing is just the same as everybody else's. Um, but, you Got know, it. if you stay within that hundred shirt or, you know, hundred plus shirt, one color, two color front. Yeah, it's going to be three ninety nine. Um, but, you know, if you get to a seven color front and eight color back, I mean, you're looking at 14, 15 bucks that you're paying for a hundred plus shirts. Right. And so, I mean, you know, there's kind of a method to the madness. Right. You know, it's not like we're just saying, you know, we're the cheapest printer in the country. Um, you know, but at the same time, you've got to have something that um, you know you can advertise and that people are going to buy from you over, you know, somebody else, right?
0: How, how we break down the, the the margins a bit too. So, like you know, I pull up SNS sixty four thousand, uh, you know, soft style shirt. It's around two seventy five or so on ours. Mm-hmm how does that work like do you get better pricing or you know where where does the margin get baked into if you're at
1: three bucks yeah so actually you know going back to when we started the 100 for 399 special right um originally mm-hmm. we had a 100 for 380 heavy cotton special which we still have uh, uh-huh. but if you kind of went back this was like a year six six months ago something like that and looked at the pricing that alpha S were giving us um, you know the difference between a 5000 that we were purchasing and a 5000 that they were, you know, their retail pricing was, you know, only about 30, 35 cents, which, you know, it's pretty good savings. Um, it might have been more than that, but, you know, it wasn't that significant. Right. But if you go, if you looked at the soft style, um, you know, what they were giving us price wise for that versus you know, what they were selling that retail wise. I mean, it was a significant gap. Right. And so it was like, oh, that's something that we can purchase, obviously, a lot lower than a lot of people can. So, you know, let's try to roll out that special there. Um, You know, 275. And then from there, right, you know, we had a very low cost structure. Um, They increased their pricing on us back in June or July. Um, Mm -hmm. Right before they did that, we ordered 75,000 garments. Right. Um, And so now from there, we hold stock. Right. And so, you know, we're not making purchases. You know, when we order from Alpha, you know, a typical purchase is like 50,000 garments. Right. Okay. And so yeah, I mean obviously we're getting it much lower than that 276 price, 275. Got it.
0: So you've bought essentially huge amounts of bulk to stock it, and that's what gives a competitive edge, which we we did a um we did an episode of lid launch, does a similar model when they purchase a ton of hats, store them on site, and then be able to ship out to do it as quickly as possible. Obviously, we didn't get into the pricing side, but um so, so, you've got the margin baked in because you've got the bulk. How do you know what to buy? Is this sort of a, a guess based on historical
1: purchasing? or? No, I mean, yeah. I mean, at this point, we kind of understand, you know, we call them our staple colors, right? You know, you got your mm-hmm. black, your Heather Navy, your dark Heather, um, you know, your Heather Military Green, your military Green. But I see like green.
0: 20 colors in here. You know, correct, I right? Through. I mean, you've got
1: about. 52 options, um, but you'd be surprised where the bulk of your orders are, you know, are staying within, right? Got it. Um, and then what's pretty interesting, too, is like certain colors like run through sizes a lot quicker than other colors, like black. Um, you know, you don't go through a lot of smalls, uh, but a, you know, heather purple, heather navy, you're going through a lot of smalls. Um, and so it's interesting, you know, those kind of tidbits there that you, you know, kind of learn throughout buying this much bulk and, you know, um, you know, turning this volume every single day, Right. Um, and then so, you know, we have our staple colors that we have, you know, let's just say you know, eight to 10 cases per size. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, we kind of have our secondary colors that include things like um, think charcoal, royal, uh, red, you know, colors like that. Right. That are used pretty much every day, but you're not using them for essentially every order. Right. And then from there we have, you know, kind of our it's an order. Let's say like somebody orders 100 shirts in Daisy right you know we don't stock daisy but we're going to go ahead and since we have a 100 shirt order for it we're going to go ahead and order a case of each size right and so you know over time over the course of about four months you know we've obviously built our inventory um you know a lot better than if you know at the very beginning when we made that initial purchase because i think when we you know originally purchased the fifty seventy five thousand garments it was all in um, you know, black, dark heather, and like heather navy.
0: Interesting. Okay, and then so you'll go back. You, you're looking at historical numbers last month or two months or whatever it is to be able to know what's a purchase. And then how do you keep track of the inventory? Is that on the InkSoft store?
1: Uh, no, so that's not on InkSoft. So what we do there is we kind of lean on our inbound team, right? Um, you know, we have certain thresholds for certain colors. Once a color gets uh-huh. to a certain, you know, level of you know cases left, right. Uh, they'll mark it on a whiteboard, you know, from there. Got it. So they're ordered, seeing right? physically
0: like walking through to yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, super interesting. Know, that's the thing. You know, we lean on technology, um, but we don't lean on it too much um, simply because, you know, there there can be a lot of holes, you know, because sure. when you lean into technology, you know, you're leaning on somebody to actually input the data. Number one, you're actually leaning on them to input it correctly. Um, and then, so, you know, a lot of factors. Um, and so, yeah, we, from an inventory side, we try to physically, you know, see, you know, what's out there. Right. How, what about art?
0: How does that process work? You know, on the site, you can upload stuff or you can design things online. You know, someone uploads a JPEG or something. Do you, do you have someone plugging in and vectorizing? And yeah. Not, so pretty much like...
1: everything gets redrawn. Right. Um, you know, we got a team, I think it's 15 artists with graphics. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know. You're pumping volume. So, yeah. yeah. You're, you're I mean, every day vo- we ship, uh, you know, if we don't ship more than 40 orders a day, we consider it a bad day.
0: Okay. So, th- so this is, so this is like an efficiency play here, you know, cause I think when people first see deals like this, they like, oh my gosh, this wouldn't work in my shop. And it's like, you're basically saying, yeah, no crap, because I've got, you know, I've got it built out to, to where we're built around this.
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, you got to think uh, going back, you know, to our our kind of backstory. um, I mean, shoot, we were making like 52 cents per print for a hundred color, you know, a hundred shirts, one color print for fresh prints and in contract work. Right. And so, you know, in my mind, you know, you know, back then, two years ago, year and a half ago, you know, somebody's paying us two dollars for a one color front for a hundred plus shirts. You know, that's a win. Right. Um, So, you know, we've kind of this is kind of me and my brother like is all we've known is like high volume, low margin, you know, stuff like that. And I always, you know, when people, you know, start saying stuff like we're bad for the industry, et cetera um, you know, everybody has a place in the industry if you can provide value to your customers. Right. Um, And so, you know, we're not going to get orders, you know, from the local PTA that, you know, they expect a customer service person to meet with them for 30 minutes, you know, give them all these options, you know, essentially not hold their hand, but, you know, some in order, you know, like that, um, you know, that's not us, right? And so we're very upfront. Um, you know, we have a place in the industry. Uh, you know, we try to stay in in that lane because it's the only way, you know, the order or the the model works itself, right?
0: Hold on one sec. We've got four amazing sponsors that help put the show on every single week. So if you're looking for a vendor to be able to help with this, give them a shout, give them a go it's uh really awesome that they can be able to help us put this on all right first up 701-842 what are these these are stephen Farrick's favorite chemicals from easyway Way has environmentally friendly chemicals to help with the reclaim process and making sure that it runs efficiently so if you value a company and really need a partner though to be able to help with best practices how to's and questions easyway is there go to easyway.com Check them out, they've got over 100 distributors that they work with, and give them a go, test some stuff out. All right, next up, Multicraft. If you haven't heard of Multicraft underscore daddy, give them a follow on Instagram. If you need ink supplies or daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years have been providing you with top brands at competitive pricing. Make sure to mention printable to receive an extra 10% off your first order. Supercolor. All right, so if you think about this, if you print high color designs or gradients or just hard to print locations, Supercolor is there to be able to help. They have really incredible high quality transfers. But also, they have just put out this really cool guide and if you go to supercolor.com/printhustlers, it's a new guide to be able to help you with heat transfers and a lot of the best practices. So, things like how to price what about buying the best heat press for what you do? What about different types of transfers? All of that stuff is in that guide that slash print hustlers. It's also in the link in the description below. And GraphX Source, shout out GraphX Source that if you need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, they are the go to. And guess what? Five Boys Apparel has a Fifteen artists from Graphic Source to be able to help them handle art approvals, um, Seps. They're doing some high volume printing, so they do Seps mock-ups, creative work, order management, digitizing, back office admin, customer service, all that good production art and order entry. Graphic Source can help you. Mention Printable Pod. That'll get you half off, fifty percent off your first Sep or digitize or vectorize order. They've been around for 30 years they are there to help. All right. Back to the show. How do you manage? How much is it that you said in ad spend a month, like 30, 40,000? What was that again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 How, how do you manage that? That seems like a lot that, that can go out every day. Like, is there a, is there a firm you found that helps? Is it
1: you? You know, I've tried an agency before. Um, it's uh-huh. actually the same one lid launch, uh, uses, um, but you know, I've always kind of been a marketing guy. That's kind of always what I've been into. Um, and then actually, we had a—we still work with them, but they don't do as much volume. Um, we had a client who we worked with in 2021 um, who does e-commerce for steel products, right? Steel Decor, and I mean, they're you know spending between thirty 000 to fifty thousand a day on ads, right? And so um, <laughs> that's kind of what, yeah, right. Wait, right? Oh, what and company? So, uh, they're called Redline Steel. Is who they're called, right? um oh yeah i mean once a steel you get into company. the company yeah it's like a steel home decor e-commerce based company right
0: and they spend 50 to 100 grand, 30 a to day. 50 a
1: day no 30 to 30 50, 50 a day, a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah holy cow yeah i mean once you get into like the digital like space or like digital marketing space right like a thousand right. you know five thousand dollars a day really you know a lot of these guys are spending you know crazy amounts of money and There's I mean, a reason Facebook, you know, so is making over a hundred billion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right, I mean, right. at this point, right. Our pixel is so well refined, so dialed. right? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I kind of know how much I spend as, you know, I'm going to, you know, make a certain amount in sales at this point. Right. But it's not like that. it started this way. It's not like, you know, we were just yesterday I decided to start running ads and, you know, I started running it with a thousand dollar budget and, you know, I'm getting a 20% right. or 20, you know, ads, Right. Uh, where do you, you know, where do you start?
0: Time. You know, if somebody were to, to to want to do something similar, where do they start? Is it five bucks a day? To, to but because I think no, the thing I mean, though that's gotta... interesting, it's not even just spend too. I mean, you know, it's 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 clearly a, a very simple human based uh, like a psychological equation of okay, a hundred shirts, x dollars, um, perfect. Like one click buy, I've put in my sizes. Unless people order more,
1: maybe is that a thing too or mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, obviously probably 60% or a hundred even. Right. Um, but you know, you'll have more, uh, you'll have people that order like a thousand shirts, you know, Got it. I mean, and, and it's just my, I mean, how people purchase stuff. It's just great. I mean, I'm not the type of person, if I see an ad, I'm going to go buy, you know, even if it's $50 worth of stuff, let alone. You know, five thousand dollars. I find
0: right? I do. I find I do more. Um, I do think you? like yeah. Instagram has dialed it more, where it's actually showing me stuff that I'm interested in. And you know, Steve and I don't talk about this. Where, oh wow, you know, I think my wife will like that, or like, oh, I was just we were just talking about this or whatever, and and like this is a cool product, but. Uh, it's definitely gotten a lot better. Wait, so, okay, so they go through, um, you know, you're, you're basically managing the spend, you like it, you're into marketing. Um, they go through here, Graphics Source is doing all of the, the art. There's a lot of artists in the back end helping. <laughs> you said like 15? Okay, so ton of artists. Um, what about approvals? Uh, how does that work? Yeah, so that, grow? you
1: know, kind of Printavo, what we use Printavo for um, is approved, like one of the main things is approvals, right? Um, you know, so our, it's kind of status-based, the workflow, um, you know, so the, we have a processing team with GraphX as well, right? So they'll, you know, we get an online order, um, the processing team will take the order from Inksoft and create a, a Printavo invoice, right? Um, they'll change it to in status that will send out an automation, um, of an email, you know, just saying, you know, thank you for your order. Your order has been processed, um, you know, kind of here's the next steps of what to expect, right? Um, And then they change it to a status that says create vector or create proof something. I can't remember exactly which one. Um, And then, so from there, you know, the vector team kind of knows um, I think they have an, an automation set up on their end to where when it changes to that status, it gets added to a Google sheet. Right. Um, So, you know, the artist will work it, redraw it, proof it, they'll change the status to, you know, proof uploaded, which will send to the customer an automated email for approval, right? Um, So then from there, you know, the customer can either approve, decline, you know, if decline, it kind of goes back up in the loop. Um, If it approves, it moves through the workflow.
0: Got it. And that's handling our approval. And then after that, it goes into, you know, your production flow. Uh Correct.
1: Yeah on the
0: back end. W- mm-hmm. Where do you feel like with this, you spend time? It sounds like managing ad spend is one thing. Passionate about that. W- what else do you do?
1: Uh, well, actually, I mean, from a managing the ad spend part, it's very little of my time, right? Um,
0: and by the way, that that would that came off weird. <laughs> like, w- what do you do here? <laughs> it's like, no, no. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things going on, but where where do you focus your time on?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like counterintuitive, right? Um the most important thing in our facility is screens and picking, right? Um so I honestly spend a lot of my time um in the dark room or um in like inbound area, right? It's Interesting. Kind of where I spend. so
0: go deeper into that like as far as screens go. Um as far as
1: making it more efficient or you know what? Yeah. So kind of what, you know, our model is based around, right. Is obviously volume, low margin. Um, it's extremely important that inbound and, um, you know, dark room are always on the same page. Right. Uh, you know, I always say from an inbound side, you can always throw bodies to say, you know, go pick orders. Right. Um, but if you get what screens you're burning and the order that you're burning and I'm wrong, I mean, you can, you know, mm-hmm. lose a whole day, a uh, half a day, you know, three fourths of a day. Um, which essentially is, you know, a day and a half that you've lost, right? Um, and so, you know, the order of, you know, screens being burned, you know, kind of making sure that the screens that are burning, the garments are, you know, either there or they're, you know, being picked, um, you know, is the most important thing in our facility. Because I always joke and say, you know, once an order gets to the press, I mean, that's the easiest part about what we do, right? Right. I mean, you know, there's a reason these machines cost anywhere from eighty dollars to $120,000 a piece, right? Um, and so, you know, the hardest thing, especially at volume, at scale, is everything around getting an order to a press.
0: What are some things that you've learned spending so much time in the darkroom that uh, other folks that don't have that efficiency yet, just because maybe they haven't hit a scale or, or volume issues, um, it could be people or processing or equipment thing, or, you know, what could you share there?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, a reason why it is so important that the screens are always the right ones coming out, right. Is from a capacity thing. Right. So we only have one eye image that we use. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, we've run out of power in our current space. We're at, we only have a year and a half left on the lease. And so, you know, it's a long story on if we want to get more equipment in this facility. Right. Right. Um, and so right now we only have one eye image, which is only supposed to burn 80 to hundred screens a day. Um, you know, we're burning about 140 to 160 a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so probably the most important thing, like leading up to getting us here, um, I would say would, uh, would be the exposure unit, right? Getting a starlight was, you know, hands down, probably one of the biggest game changer and a Unicode. And I, I mean, all three of those things. I mean, to me, they're no brainers at this point, right?
0: Yeah. And and did you get them all at similar times, or, or was it s- sort of
1: spread no, out? So we Obviously got the eye image first, right? Uh, we've had the eye image longest because um, kind of my philosophy on that one was was how I was able to kind of you know justify that purchase when you know it wasn't something you know that it's you know screaming we could afford it, right? Was you look at it and you're like, well, heck, I'm already spending, you know, seven hundred dollars a month on film that I'm essentially just throwing in the trash can, right? Mm-hmm. I can get an eye image, um, which is an asset. I can make a payment on that, which you know it might be a hundred dollars more, but at least I'm making a payment on an asset versus you know just throwing it in the trash, right? Um, so you know, we got the eye image first, um, then after that we got the Unicode, and then after that, we got the Starlight.
0: What do you feel like is your dream scenario in the dark room? Is there is it more equipment and is it again the people or process thing? Where are you
1: going? Yeah, I mean, it? probably more equipment, right? I mean, obviously, uh auto reclaim, um, you know, something that we need very badly. Uh, but you know, again, that just goes back to a power issue. We just don't have enough power in here. Um mm-hmm. and so, you know. But, you know, I do spend a lot of my time in the darkroom, um, and things like that, but I'm not one of those that like, you know, is super intuitive, if, if that makes sense. Right. Um, sure. you know, I'm not going to, you know, do testing and see, you know, should I use a three Oh five or a 230, right. Should I, you know, expose it for 0.2 seconds left or less, you know, things like that. Um, cause you'll find, I mean, 90% of the people that order t-shirts have no idea what mesh count you put it on. Right. Um, You know, they have no idea, you know, as long as it's a good final print, you know, you can't really get caught up in, you know, the perfection of it all. Right. Now, again, if that is your value proposition, that's one thing. Right. Um, That, you know, like an Andy, I forget his name, the guy from Nashville. Right. Um, You know, was super skilled at the stuff. Um, so, you know, if that's kind of your value proposition, that's one thing, but that's just obviously not ours with our 100 for 399 deal, right?
0: Yeah, you got to be, you're almost like taking the efficiencies from what you need in the contract shop and applying it to direct the consumer to, to continue pumping um, as much as you can. You spend time there. Would you say that that's like... uh best use of time or wh- where do you feel like you want to? Cause I, cause I feel like sometimes, you know, for me, for example, I, it's probably that I should be spending time with hiring or, or maybe some product stuff, but <laughs> like I, I'm actually spending time elsewhere. Um, is that how you feel or do you feel? Oh like yeah. hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. Right. I mean, um, Every day I always say, you know, my time should not be being spent the way I'm spending it. But every single day you walk, <laughs> you know, you're back into that trap. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, say I, I should be training people. I should definitely be spending a lot more time, you know, on the front end of our business from a customer service side, just training them, um, you know, because. I mean, it's T-shirts sound simple, but every order is just so situational. Right. I mean, so you can give five scripts. Of you know what you think is going to work for you know five different scenarios um but within those five scenarios each one is going to be kind of situational right mm-hmm. um and so you know training the customer service side is you know definitely something where i should be spending a lot more of my time um and then just you know the more of the management from a holistic view of the business versus um uh, you know i call it being in the weeds of you know the day-to-day activities right
0: so with this change, that's all happened probably within the last year or less. Um, you guys must have grown a ton then with, you know, having to hire folks and and mm-hmm. buy all this new stuff. It was that all mainly happened this year?
1: Uh, I mean, it's been about the past two years, right? Um, because honestly, we had before we, you know, 2021 Redline, who I was you know talking about earlier, um, you know, they were essentially sending us about 75,000 shirts a month to print, right? So that's the volume that they were doing. Um, you know, so we had to have, we had a little bit less people than we have now. We were right about 15 to 20. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, end of 2021, they've kind of died off and doing that type of volume. Uh, we got down to kind of a skeleton crew of about 10 to 12 people. Um, and now we're back up to, I think it's about 29, 31. Um, and then if you include graphics, I think we've got 20, 20 people total with them and Hmm. two team leads. So 22.
0: Where do you feel, uh, have you thought about where you want five boys to go to? Like if you thought maybe five years, I want it to look like this.
1: Yeah. You know, I, you know, definitely go back and forth about what kind of the end goal end game is. Right. You know, some days it's, you know, you want to do, you know, X, Y, Z other days you're like, you know, well, I want to do ABC as my end game. Right. Um, and so what I always joke with my cousin about, because he actually works for a shop up in Cincinnati, uh, you know, he asked me all the time, you know, what's kind of our end game, right? Do we want to sell? Do we want to, you know, grow? Do we, you know, what what do you want to do with it? And I say, you know, well, right now, I think me and my brothers can all agree because there's four out of five of us that currently work here full time, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and I say, you know, it's, you know, we work hard. We haven't had a want for money for a long time. You know, we could spend every day with each other, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, so at the end of the day, you know, most days are ended with, you know, the four of us and my dad drinking a beer out back. Right. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want that to change. Right. And so I don't really think too far ahead, but, you know, at the same time, we do have a strategy and a goal that we're trying to accomplish. And um, so, you know, whether that end game is, you know, to go here or go there, I guess, you know, kind of just depends on, you know, kind of how everything shakes out. Right.
0: Yeah. Are you able to say where you think you'll scale to this year revenue wise?
1: Uh yeah, I mean in 2022 we'll be right around, you know, 9 million. Um you know, in 2023 we hope to get around over 20 is kind of, you know, our goal. Uh,
0: honestly, hats off to you, uh Kyle and and, and family and team. Um, I think that's a really good, especially pivoting from a full contract shop, right? So we've we've chatted with a lot of shops who they definitely maybe want to or, or one way or the other, but you were forced uh, from, you know, the pandemic yeah. to really move
1: off of it. Yeah and, so, yeah. and so that pushed it. It sounds like it pushed it forward pretty quick. Oh, no. I mean, I always say, you know, the pandemic was one of the best things that happened to us because it required us to get outside of our comfort zone, right? And kind of you know, see what happened from there. Um, You know, from contract work, uh, I forget, there was somebody else, a sales rep from NASDAQ told me when I first got in, right? They said, you know, you'll learn in contract work, you can make a living, but you'll never get rich, right? Um, And so I think there's a lot of truths to that. Um, But also when you get into contract work at a very high volume, you know, they're paying you less than direct consumer, but they're usually a lot harder to deal with. Right. The expectations are a lot higher. Um, You know, the pressure is a lot higher. Um, You know, everything that goes into that um, is a lot more demanding, right, from a contract Mm -hmm. side than a direct consumer. Um, And then, you know, end of the day, direct consumer pays you before you print contract pays you, you know, 30 days after, you know, you ship the order. So from a cash flow side, you know, it's a huge, huge difference.
0: At $9 million, do you feel like there were certain maybe chapters or, or breakpoints in the business where it may have shifted or you thought about the business differently? Like, you know, I don't know, maybe $1 million was was a, a big milestone, but that also required um, having somebody full-time uh, running customer service or something. And $3 million was another one. Like, has there been points like that
1: at Five Boys? Yeah, I mean, definitely, um, you know, I think one, one and a half, right? You thought you would be making a lot more money than what you, you know, kind of get to take home um, because you know, that's, it's good money, don't get me wrong, but I mean, the cost of doing that type of business is, is substantial, especially when you're just figuring it out, right? When you're just trying to, when you just get to that scale, that level of, you know, and you know, you're making a lot of errors that you typically wouldn't make before, you know, you're spending, you know, you either have too many people in one department when you don't really need that many people, Right. And so I think, yeah, that was uh, one of the thresholds. And I think once we got over kind of the three to four range um, is kind of when it started snowballing more. Right.
0: What change around that three to four to start scaling? Like, was it it uh, was it an equipment, was it a people thing, was it processing,
1: was there certain roles that you needed on the team? Uh, I think it was more, you know, processing systems. Right. Um, and then just getting better at what we were doing every day, you know what I mean? Um, from a marketing side, from a fulfillment side, mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, and just everything all that goes into it. Right. Um, I think that played a huge role in allowing us to continue to grow. And then once we reached, like I said, that certain threshold, it kind of just, you know, we got that momentum. And once you have momentum, as long as you don't screw it up. Right.
0: What do you think the next break point is or milestone rather?
1: The 10 yeah i think it would be 10 yeah for sure
0: what do you think you'd you'd change at 10
1: i don't think too much
0: so you think like you think so basically maybe the sort of 5 to 10 plus you can continue scaling with the same
1: flow yeah i think anything over 10 right would require more machines um more people right more machine more capacity have you thought about
0: do, do you send work out or do you guys do everything in-house
1: mm-hmm. yeah we do everything in house
0: mainly because of the it's got to be quick and you've got the inventory there and so on
1: uh honestly we've never really like had a lot of success sending stuff out right and then Uh you know we always joke and say uh you know like when we did a lot of work for fresh prints we were in a you know 1200 square foot facility running a workhorse right and we always joke Mm -hmm. and we're like you know unless you're sending it to you know official contract printer like those are the shops you're sending the orders to right i mean nothing against them obviously because we were there i mean You know, and so from a standard level, you know, expectations and quality, um, you know, there's a lot of differences on what people consider a good print and what, you know, what they don't.
0: Yeah, that's that's it's interesting. Um, What do you feel like is the biggest efficiency improvements then that you're trying to make for 2023? Because, you know, the efficiency is such a big play. Yeah, scheduling, scheduling, just getting sure. the yeah. jobs in in the right press and with the right people. Correct.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, like for example, Boxercraft, what they did a really good job at from a scheduling side is when they sent you a wave of orders, it would be 60 orders or something. Right. And you would go in like lots of 10 and yeah, they would be for different universities, but they would all be the same uh-huh. Pantone colors. Right. So you're not changing out your squeegees, you know, things like that. And so, you know, that's kind of the next step from a scheduling side is You know, so intelligent scheduling. Correct. Because, I mean, if you just think Um. about, you know, if an operator has to change out their squeegee, you know, for every order, let's just say let's just say they're doing it, you know, four times a shift. All right. For it takes them 10 minutes. So that's 40 minutes. You know, you've got four operators. It's 160 minutes, you know, times that by two because we're running two shifts. I mean, that's a lot of downtime.
0: I I just think what's fascinating is this is the story behind the hundred for three ninety nine, right? Which uh, are you on the Facebook groups at all or no?
1: No, I don't personally. I don't you know use a lot of social media. Yeah, you're you're smart.
0: You're smart. It's better. (laughs) It's cleaner. It's healthier. (laughs) It's a trap, man. Um, But it it comes up a lot. It it totally Uh, does.
1: I mean, and it's not. I think what people. Yeah, I think what you know, you've got to think about is it's not like, you know, we just started this last week and like we're profitable doing it, right? Uh, You know, it's kind of taken us two years to get to the scale that we're at um, and the efficiency that we're at to be profitable having these prices. Um, And before, you know, 2020, you know, 2021, if you look back, you know, you had that PPP in 2020, Um, you know, 2021, we had Redline, you know, who essentially was paying us, you know, about a lot of money every month with no cost of goods. Um, And so instead of just, you know, pocketing that money essentially, right. We used it as the foundation and the backbone to finance kind of getting to where we are. Right. Um, Cause I mean, as you know, right. In order to grow, in order to try a strategy out, I mean, it takes capital. You have to finance it somehow. Right. And so that's kind of, so we used a lot of contract work to kind of get us to the point that we're at. Right. And so that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it goes back, I mean, our UPS rates, you know, are, you know, a lot more aggressive than I think 85% of people, you know, that are shipping stuff out would have right. Um, You know, next day air, I think we're getting like an 85% discount or something, you know? And so it's, it's all of these things that go into play once you hit a scale that allows you to, you know, that you see that profit from, you know, and it's a cultural thing. I mean, it it goes into the culture, you know, you got to have a low cost culture all around, right. doesn't mean you don't have nice things, but it doesn't mean, you know, you're spending your time doing, you know, things that are not directly impacting getting orders out. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that the the thing that's big is, As a business grows, like you, you, you first start doing everything, and you have a super wide funnel. And then, as the business grows, you tend to narrow in that funnel even more and more and more. And that's what gets the efficiencies and the scale because you zeroed in the sales team, you zeroed in the website, you zeroed in the processes, and it allows you to really streamline and run like a, you know, a a Formula One car. Like the Formula One cars are (laughs) only good for for that one thing of driving around. They're not going to be on the street. They can't even go up, uh, you know, a speed bump or something. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. the specific thing that they can really race at. And so, uh, I just find it fascinating to learn more on the back end. So, Oh yeah. I mean, God, it's, it's I a lot time,
1: you know, a strategy from it, you know? So, and then it goes back, you got to have something to advertise on Facebook to cut through the noise. Right. Um, and so if you, any tips on have, the creative
0: or anything, uh, don't try to
1: overcomplicate well? it. Right. I think simplicity is key right with advertising on on social media um and i think direct to response advertising is key um not brand awareness What's that? advertising direct to response means you know i'm running an ad that you see it and i'm you know having like go buy this right it's not hey this is my company and i print t-shirts right see you later um you know it's a direct to response i want you to take a immediate you know action once you see my ad um you know essentially from a you know sales funnel marketing funnel you know Outlook, we kind of skip, you know, the first four steps of it and we go straight for the, you know, kill shot. Right. Um, you know, first touch, we're asking you to buy a hundred search for three ninety nine. Um, you know, so we're not spending any money on marketing, um, you know, on touch one through four. OK, uh, so, you know, you can look at it and say, you know, that savings there is kind of what allows me to you know, have margin on that back end on that hundred for three ninety nine.
0: Yeah. You're not doing the back and forth to figure out what shirt and, and the sizes and different items. It's like very straight to the point.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, the ad sets that I'm running, you know, are for you to purchase a shirt or, you know, purchase a package. It's not, you know, to let you know that I'm five boys apparel and, you know, we do screen printing. Um, So, you know, let's just say we're spending $30,000 a month. Um, Out of that 30, if, you know, 10,000 of it was spent on brand awareness ads. You know, instead of direct to response ads, then, you know, there's a lot of your margin right there that you're saying that for one hundred three ninety nine, you're not making any money. It all I mean, it just goes back to your strategy on the type of business model you're trying to have. Right. Kyle,
0: uh, I appreciate the the time spent. I know you're slammed. Uh, You got more deals to fulfill and and facebook ads spend to manage and everything so right. this is kyle dennis at five boys screen printing and embroidery check them out check out the website too five so you could just dig in especially if you're listening on audio so you could see what the flow is like and uh i'm sure they can reach out if if they've had questions with you you're you're like one of yeah. the fastest email responders i've seen
1: well it just depends if i email if like I'm either one of two things, right? I'm either going to respond to you within five minutes or like it's going to be about three days. There's no in between. Yeah, right? You are <laughs> smart <laughs>
0: It's like, oh, I don't need I and I think a lot of people do that too. I do it, you know, it's like, okay, I don't need to respond to this right now.
1: But yeah, it's been fun, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Kyle. Hey, Prenos, we will see you on the next podcast next week. And we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you joining us again for this really cool episode. Talk to you later. Bye.